This is And Another Thing with your hosts, Jody Jenkins and Tony Clement. Another amazing episode of And Another Thing coming at you. Right now. My name is Jody Jenkins. And my name is Tony Clement. Welcome again to And Another Thing podcast. We've got a great guest this morning or this afternoon or this evening or whenever over, you're listening, whenever you want to get some sleep, we're uh, we're right by your bedside. And of course, we've got Mr. Rob Benzi, who is the Queens Park Bureau Chief for the Toronto Star. Welcome to the podcast, Rob. Thank you, Tony. Hi, Jody. Hello. Hello. With the studio audience is going crazy as usual. It's great to have you on the show, Rob. You've been a, a veteran of the Queens Park political scene, the Ontario political scene. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we're kind of, uh, Ontario politics is uh, a never-ending feast, uh, perhaps, for, for many people. It affects people's lives in, in many, many direct ways, healthcare, education, uh, highways, you name it. So tell us what the state of Ontario politics is you know, around about now. I know that uh, with podcasts, you can never be exactly on the money, but what, what is the state of things in the year 2020? Well, as, as here we are in, in, at the end of January 2020, and you know the, the Tories have been in power since June 2018, and they've had their teething problems for sure, uh, as all new governments find. I mean, they came in after almost 15 years in the wilderness. The Liberals were in power for that whole time. And um, so Premier Doug Ford has been finding his feet, I guess you could say, and we have a, 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 the most recent poll from Palara and the Star found the Liberals are ahead, uh, even though they were trounced in the election in 2018, uh, reduced to just seven seats in a 124-member legislature. They're now at 33%, while the Tories are at 29%, and the uh, NDP at uh, 27%. Now, that's not necessarily all bad news for, for Premier Doug Ford, because his numbers seem to be holding steady. So it su- suggests that they may have stopped the bleeding. They had a, a rough first budget, and Mr. Ford moved quickly to correct that. Um, the budget came out in April, and 10 weeks later, he demoted the finance minister, Vic Fideli, and right. brought in Rod Phillips uh, to sort of right the ship. And, um, and, and we've seen a lot more quiet uh, governing, I guess you could say, at Queen's Park from the Tories uh, in the last sort of six months. It's really been a change of their uh, modus operandi, hasn't it? Uh, because before there was... a I, I wouldn't call it chaotic per se, but uh, I would. Okay, <laughs> that's why you're our guest. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so uh, they've, uh, with the change of the chief of staff and some other changes, and people getting settled into their ministries, uh, you, you've you've seen that as well. That they they seem to have a, a steadier hand on the tiller. Yeah, I mean, it's like anything. I remember when the Liberals were first elected in 2003, they had some teething problems. The Tories, as, when you were elected in '95, the same sort of thing. Um, it, it always happens when you come into government, but it was particularly chaotic, I think, because, um, and it, this is not all, all on Mr. Ford, it was on more of staff issues. There were a lot of inexperienced people in the Premier's office, and they, they re- some of them didn't really know what they were doing. And the Premier has corrected that, I think, and brought in some veterans, people who were around in the previous Tory governments in, in the 90s and early 2000s, and people with federal experience. And there's a sense but much more that they're not campaigning all the time, they're governing. And I think even though there's tumult in the education sector and all of that, you, there is a sense that there's some kind of a plan, and it isn't just, they're not just, you know, careening from, you know, CP24 hit to CP24 hit, you know. There's a much more of a sense of, uh, of, uh, of strategy and, and not just tactics. 
Rob, you mentioned some veteran players harnessing what they're able to do and bringing them in. I'm going to give you three names, and I'm curious uh, if you can give us a sense of how the rest of the PC caucus looks at these individuals and if they have a more increased role with guiding the ship, and that would be Daryl Cramp, Paul Calandra, and Greg Rickford. Do they, are, are they tapping that federal experience to help steer and maneuver it around? Yeah, certainly. I mean, Paul Calandra of the three has been, uh, I mean, Greg Rickford was already in cabinet. Paul Calandra is now the House government house leader. Um, and we've seen since he uh, came in in June much more um, of a, a tone change in the legislature. He uh, has tried to turn the temperature down a little bit. They're not doing the standing ovations after every friendly question like they were doing. And um, Paul is moving quickly to uh, change the standing orders in a way that the opposition parties are actually happy about. And this is not just about... It's, it's, he, he wants, I think, backbench MPPs from all parties to have more of a say in how this place runs. And that's, that's a pretty brave thing to do, but the Tories have a majority, and they have the luxury of a few years with that majority at least before the next election. And I think they're going to see how this works. And I think, yeah, I mean, in terms of the MPPs who have surprised us, once they got into cabinet, Paul Klander would be right up there as one who has really been a pleasant surprise, I think, for observers of the legislature. Uh, let's uh, let's think of some of the cabinet stars. Who would you say is uh, really uh, been a surprisingly good performer uh, who is uh, at the top of the charts? You mentioned Paul Calandra. Uh, any others come to mind? I think, well, Rod Phillips, the finance minister, has certainly managed to turn the temperature down on uh, on a lot of files that were raging a bit out of control um, before. And I think it's for, I, I'm thinking specifically of the beer store uh, debacle. I mean, remember the government said they wanted beer in corner stores, which is which sounds like a great idea, except that the government that the previous Ontario government signed a 10-year master framework agreement with the beer store, which is owned by Molson, Labatt, and Sleeman, and breaking that contract could have huge financial penalties. Some have said it could be up to a billion dollars, and. For a while, the government looked like they were going to do that come hell or high water, and I, I don't think they realized the backlash that that would provoke, because I don't think there's much appetite in Ontario for the public purse to be used to uh, send money to foreign multinationals, because the government wants to unilaterally break a contract. Um, the United States Chamber of Commerce, which is the world's largest business organization with three million members, appealed to Mr. Ford directly uh, not to break this contract because of the signal that it would send to private business across the United States. And so Rod Phillips has certainly uh, turned the temperature down. He's, um, he has, uh, uh, you know, the fall economic statement uh, in comparison to the fall economic statement of 2018, the fall economic statement of last November was much more measured and uh, didn't cause them the kind of problems, political problems, that the previous one caused. I mean, uh, we had the defection of, uh, of a, a, a Tory MPP to the Liberals uh, in January because of something that had happened in November 2018's fall economic statement. Yeah, right. Uh, that was so. the cuts to French language services. So I think, so Rod Phillips has certainly turned the temperature down. Um, uh, um, uh, uh, Stephen Lecce, the new education minister, he has his hands full for sure, but I know Mr. Ford is very pleased with his performance, um, even though that's been a tumultuous file it's, for It's mostly a while because now. of the, his communication skills, would you say? 
and yeah, he's he's good. He's good. He's good at communicating. But also, I think he's a bright, bright young guy. And Tony, you know him from Ottawa days. He's a, yeah. He's, in fact, uh, he, his first yeah. political act was to support me for in my leadership bid in 2002 to be uh, the Ontario Premier to succeed Mike Harris. He was on there my team go. as a, as a 14 year old. <laughs> wow! Can you believe it? <laughs> Long time ago. Yeah, he's come a we long both, way. We were see. both young men. Exactly. Actually, and I just want to interject because I want to get Rob's thoughts on this because this is something Tony and I were talking about at lunch. We were talking about uh, Minister Lecce, and I, I I don't know the guy, but I, I think he carries himself well. And then we were talking about MPP David Piccini and a couple other ones. And this is a pet peeve of mine, and it's timely because around the teachers thing. But when guy hear guys like Piccini and Lecce, uh, even Sam Oosterhoff, because those are, seem to be three guys that get a lot of questions about education, and they're talking about the importance of our kids and the passion they have. These guys don't even have kids. Like, do you know? Do you know what I mean? It's not authentic. Do you, do you ever push these guys? And does anyone ever say to? But how do you know this? Like, how can you feel like this? You don't even have kids. Like, does well, that ever I mean, come up? Yeah, I, 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 fair enough point. But I mean, Mitzi Hunter was the education minister under Kathleen Wynne. She didn't have children. Uh, Sandra Puvitello was education minister under Dalton McGuinty. She didn't. Well, I didn't I buy their lines yeah. either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think. Um, uh, I, I, I think it's. Uh, it's not fair that you know just because you don't have children in the system that you couldn't be education minister. I don't. Um, I, it certainly doesn't hurt though, and I think that's that's that makes a good point. Um, you talk about uh, Dave Piccinini, a young guy who's he's not in cabinet, but he's certainly working hard uh, here at Queens Park. He was pushing the uh, pit bull, uh, the lifting the ban on pit bulls. That bill, which was has some traction, the uh, New Democrats uh, and uh, the Greens supported them on that. I, I got. I, what about uh, Caroline Mulroney? I supported her for leader, uh, and uh, how did that go? It, it didn't go. Uh, <laughs> finished third, Tony, <laughs> uh, according to plan. But yeah. uh, you know, she was AG for a while, uh, Attorney General. That is to say, uh, now she's Transportation, uh, which was a ministry I actually held yep. in my time. You know as well. that you did. You were Transportation Minister too. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So she, uh, she, and now she had a tough file with this. Uh, Hamilton uh, transportation agenda. Yeah, the LRT in Hamilton, the cancellation of that. Um, and the, now, the government says they've inherited a, a mess from the previous government, and, and that's why they're having to cancel it. The problem is that uh, project is very important to some people in Hamilton. It's actually very important to a, a key supporter of Premier Ford's, uh, Layuna, the uh, Labor, Laborers International Union of North America, which is uh, one of the, the unions that really backed Mr. Ford in the last election, and they were very, very upset with him for that cancellation. They have invested some of their union dues in, in land along there. They wanted to build um, some facilities there. Uh, their workers would have been involved in the construction, so it's a real blow, and they actually uninvited Mr. Ford to their Christmas party, uh, the, which was the next day after that announcement in December. I, by, uh, I, I, found it, I found it really curious, uh, you know, as, a, as somebody who was once a political professional, why you'd announce something not happening without having a, a full plan to replace it with saying, okay, we're not doing this, but here's exactly what we're doing and here's how it's going to be better. They kind of lost that, that yeah. communications objective, I think. Yeah, and, I, and, and also... Tony, you know this from being a minister, sending a minister into the lion's den yeah. with bad news uh, <laughs> on a Monday, not on a Friday afternoon with a, with a, you know, a fax, like the old days used to be a fax announcement or a, a nowadays an, an emailed announcement or statement saying this bad thing is happening. See ya. <laughs> yeah, like a dump day, we used to call yeah, it. Yeah, dump day, we used to call them. That's right. Yeah. And th- but she went to Hamilton and 
the other thing too is Hamiltonians are very proud. You know, there's a real, real regional identity there, a real civic identity. Absolutely. And you know, with the Hamilton Tiger Cats, and they're proud of their feisty politicians. And of course, the leader of the opposition, Andrea Horvath, is from Hamilton, and was sort of leading the charge against the government when they when they announced this. So it really was badly bungled in, on, on many levels. Well, uh, they can still learn from that, and you, you, you're quite right that there's uh, a little while to go, quite a while to go before the, yeah. next, the next provincial election. Let's turn our tide to federal politics a little well, bit. Well, before we get oh, into federal, hold on, just hold quickly, on. Just Jody, quickly, Jody, because I wanted to ask Rob, he's very outspoken. I know he's not someone to hide his thoughts, and I certainly don't want to you know, make this awkward at all. But if you could share, who do you hate the most in Queen's Park? <laughs> I don't hate anybody. I, I really, I, I really don't. Maybe the guy who takes my parking spot. <laughs> yeah, I'm nah, just kidding. But yeah, let's transition to federal federal politics, politics because Ontario, of course, uh, will have many, many votes in the on in the federal yeah. conservative leadership election. Uh, most ridings are Ontario ridings, as we know. And let me preface this by saying, you know, as a, as a party activist still, even though I'm no longer in Parliament, I can tell you there was a lot of disappointment in the federal conservative showing in Ontario by Ontario activists. We, we, we did worse in the ridings we had to win this time than we did in 2015. And so you can talk all you want about popular vote, uh, national popular vote, etc. But really, for uh, for us to form government, we have to do much better in Ontario. So that's that's what I'm prefacing. So I, I think uh, any any leadership candidates who do not address the Ontario issue are, are, are not going to have the support they need to win a leadership. Now, tell me your, you know, you're, you're observing this, you're watching this as, a, as an outside observer. What's your take on things right now? Well, I think as, as things sit right now, uh, the, what you're saying is exactly right, Tony, that the, the party really fell short in Ontario. I mean, Andrew Scheer spent a lot of time in the province, and it didn't pay off. And there are lots of reasons why that happen. I think that Doug Ford's um, uh, unpopularity at the time certainly didn't help Mr. Scheer. Um, Justin Trudeau was campaigning against Doug Ford. He talked about Ford almost every day uh, when he was in Ontario. And one day in Hamilton, actually, he mentioned Ford by name t- 12 times in English and twice in French. So it, that, really, that really hurt Mr. Scheer. Having said that, he also hurt, shot himself in the foot uh, a, a few times as well. So, and there's a and lot of second-guessing. No there's a lot of second-guessing in the party. Yeah. I, I know that you know, there was a campaign decision made, uh, take Ford out of the campaign, don't yeah. let him campaign for Andrew Scheer, the federal conservatives. Basically, he was kind of in his political basement, uh, not out there on the hustings. And now people are saying, well... Crap, we, we, we may have done better if Doug Ford was at least out there defending his record uh, and and getting Ford Nation uh, out there uh, feeling, uh, you know, uh, part of the scene and, and, and they had something to fight for. So well, I don't exactly. know. Exactly. And yeah, to, to your point, Tony, about, about getting uh, Tory activists, the activists who support Mr. Uh, Ford would have felt kind of slighted, you would think, that when Mr. Scheer wouldn't even mention him. I mean, you had this bizarre spectacle of Jason Kenney, the Alberta premier, campaigning in Doug Ford's riding in Toronto, in Etobicoke, um, and Mr. Ford was nowhere to be seen. And so, I mean, there is no answer to that question because it's, it, I guess in a parallel but universe, well, we, we'd have the answer. But uh, It's funny because you talk about parallels. So in this instance, again, second guessing, you mentioned that, you know, if Ford, would Ford have helped if he had been out 
on the hustings right. for the conservatives. In 2015, of course, Tony and I both ran in that federal election, uh, both for the conservatives. I remember, or at least in our area, when the one event near the end where I think it was Doug and Rob both up on stage with, at yep. the time, Prime Minister Harper. Right. And we all said, we're done. We're toast. That's right. right. So That's right. It's like the opposite. <laughs> Don't bring yeah. them out. And yes, bring them out. Well, so. you've seen, uh, Rob, uh, just as, uh, as we have, you've seen the ups and downs of politics. Uh, tides go in, tides go out. And uh, you've been there for a lot of that at Queen's Park. Is uh, Has it changed that much, though, in terms of the way politics is done at Queen's Park? Or is it just the uh, new faces uh, rather than older faces? I, yeah, I, I think think it hasn't really there's a continuum here it's funny you know i mean doug ford's father was uh was a, an mpp with you in caucus that's right and and then you have former premier mike harris's son is an mpp here norm miller uh the former premier frank miller's son he's an mpp uh john yakabuski's dad was paul yakabuski was an mpp there are a lot of there's a real continuity here of of in and not just in the tory ranks and all in all the parties and i think People sometimes say, oh, the olden days, everything was so great. Well, I don't think it's any more polarized, really, than it, than it ever was. The fact they don't have night sittings, the fact that it's um, uh, not just a, an old boys club of all men, it's, you know, it's much more, um, much, much more gender parity than there used to be, and people have to get home to do their other things to their families and stuff. It's, maybe it's not as clubby as it used to be, but I still think that there is a collegiality at Queen's Park that maybe you don't see in Ottawa. I don't remember Ottawa being quite the same, and I don't know if it's just because people uh, come from farther away or, or what, but there is, it's, it's a different vibe there than here. And it's, you know, we're now two years into, the, the, the Tories are into their second year coming up, I guess they'll be entering soon their third year, and there's a, you know, there were 70, I think 75 new MPPs elected in, in, the, in, in the NDP and, the, and in the Tories. Wow. So you had, uh, most of the people here were rookies. They're getting, they're finding their feet. So it, it, there is a much kind of nicer vibe here than there was initially. It was pretty, um, it was pretty uh, partisan, and everyone was still campaigning. But I think now that everyone's governing, there is a, a, a sense of this place realizing that you have to, you have to work together. I think Paul Calandra, the government house leader, has done a good job in in conveying that, as I was saying earlier, to uh, other MPPs. Um, it's it's maybe not the clubby place that it was, you know even before our time uh, here, but it's, it's, it's not as polarized, I quick, think, as sometimes Quick question for you, though. Do you, do you still get characters, like I remember Peter Cormos, and, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, in, my, in my stepfather's day when he was in the Ontario yep. legislature, John Rhodes, people yep. like that. Is, is, there, is there room now with social media and all of the, uh, all of the uh, attention, 24 by 7, uh, is there room for characters anymore? Yeah, there's not as much room, Tony, as there used to be, I think. And I think, you know, there's the Bill Murdoch era, guys like that. Yeah, um, uh, yeah and, and uh, certainly, yeah, Peter Cormos, um, kind of those kinds of characters. Uh, it's, it's a little more corporate, for sure. I mean, Randy Hillier was one of the great characters in the Tory benches, and then, you know, he got, he spoke up, he spoke truth to power, and, and, and they kicked him out of the caucus. And now that was under the former chief of staff, who is no longer here, and I... I wouldn't be surprised if one day perhaps Randy is, is welcomed back into the fold. Uh, if he wanted to go, he's enjoying being an independent MPP and, and is having a lot of success, frankly, sure. uh, pushing things that he wants to push. But, yeah, this, this sort of, the, there, there isn't the same kind of uh, tolerance, I guess, or indulgence that there used to be for, for, uh, for larger-than-life characters. But there are, some, there, are some, there are some good folks here who are, you know, have some uh, charismatic uh, traits. 
Yeah, and when you talk about larger than life and flashy and charismatic, I can't help but think about John Malloy. Um, Rob, <laughs> Rob Benzie, Rob Benzie is our yeah, Rob, Rob Benzie is uh, our guest from the Star. Rob, last question uh, before we let you go because I know you're busy, you got lots of work going on. But we we started to talk a little bit about federal leadership. Uh, we know. McKay's in. We know O'Toole's going to run. We know Polyev is going to be in. Marilyn Gladue says she's going to be in. Sheree, I guess, I think it sounds like that. Are you willing to go on a limb and predict who you think has the best shot at winning? It's a strong field, and I think it's going to be it's going to be very interesting. The the only thing I, if I were a Tory, I would be worried about is uh, it's one thing to win the party; it's another thing to win. Yep. Exactly. And I talk to people uh, who uh, like Jean Charest and say, wow, he'd be a great prime minister because he's a capable guy and he was a premier of Quebec for, for years and, and got a lot done in that province. And then, you know, then people say, well, yeah, but he's too much of a, of, of a red Tory. He can't win the party. And then you have someone like, they say, well, someone like Pierre Polyev, who's, who can win the party, who knows that party really well. Is Pierre Polyev going to do any better than Andrew Scheer? I mean, they have the virtually identical resumes, unless, except I guess Pierre wasn't a wasn't a, a sort of insurance broker. Yeah. But you know, I, I think there's that risk, and and you guys know this party um, better than I do. And but it's 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 one thing to win over the delegates or the or the one member one vote people, the people who pay their ten dollars to vote. Uh, it's quite another to go to Canadians writ large and say, I am of the mainstream. I can represent what you, what you want. And I you think this, if there's one yeah. thing that we've learned, uh, mainstream Canada at this juncture, at this particular moment in time, does not hate Justin Trudeau as much as we do. No, exactly. You know what, Tony? That's a very good point. It's true. Very good point. And I think sometimes uh, our partisans are blinded by the fact that they can't believe they see Trudeau as a phony and an, and an actor and all these other things, and they can't believe that everyone else doesn't see him the same way. And, and frankly, on the other side, people were like that with Harper. Harper yeah. uh, liberals saw Harper as a control freak, you know, Dr. Evil, and Tory saw him as a, as a good manager and a very bright guy. Um, and I think the, the, the thing is, uh, unseating Trudeau, I think, will be harder than Tories realize. Um, if, if he didn't lose in the last election after blackface and, and, yes, and, and exactly. Jody Wilson-Raybould stuff, uh, it's, it's, it, it, short of uh, you know, a recession, it's going to be hard to get rid of him if I'm a Tory. So you have to think about electing someone who's electable, choosing someone who's electable to... And, and electable in places like downtown Toronto, downtown Vancouver, downtown Montreal. I mean, most Canadians live in cities. Yeah, that's it. Rob Benzie, our guest, with some great thoughts on the federal conservative leadership. And uh, I don't think it's too much of a stretch if you read between the lines with what Rob's saying. Marilyn Gladue is the choice. So. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, thanks so much for doing thanks, this. Rob. We appreciate it. Th- thanks, Jody. Thanks, Tony. Okay, cheerio. So there we go, Rob Benzie, with some great insight. Yeah, I enjoyed that. I always found Rob to be very articulate, and I I know I'm not supposed to like anyone who writes for the Toronto Star, but uh, no, I technically you're not. I was close to cutting him off, actually. (laughs) That's right, but no, I I I always uh, enjoyed uh, reading his his pieces and his columns, and uh, I, I will say this. He never treated me poorly. Yeah, uh, you know, if, if I if I if I was being condemned, I probably deserved condemnation. Yeah, but he always treated he was he was a straight arrow in terms of uh, being fair and balanced that way. So Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and iHeartRadio, all places you can get our podcast. Yes, get an app, download it, subscribe, tell your friends and neighbors too. Absolutely, because well, guess what. 
Your neighbors are already listening to it. So don't don't be the one that's like last to the party. Join now. Tony, enjoy the rest of your week. And you too. I hopped up the plane at LAX with a dream in my cardigan. Welcome to the land of fame access. Am I gonna fit in?